Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. It's a simple maxim that leadership takes place when we see a need and seek to do something about it. In 2011, Rosie Sexton noticed that many refugees and asylum seekers in Norwich were struggling to integrate because they lacked basic English. And so, supported by Christians at Holy Trinity Norwich, the church that Rosie attended, she set up English Plus, a ministry to help teach English. This became a charity in 2016 and today supports 150 people from more than 30 different nationalities meeting at different church venues each week across the city. So to tell us uh, about her leadership journey, I welcome to the Leadership File, Rosie Sexton. So, Rosie, welcome to the Leadership File. Thank you very much. Great, great to have you with us. Now, uh, a bit of your backstory. Uh, I understand you actually grew up in Africa. Yes, I moved there when I was about six months old, which I don't remember. Moved to Uganda um, and then lived there really most of my life until I was um, about 11 when we came to England which for me wasn't really didn't feel like coming home as I only remembered from one visit being here but it was um, yeah I did my high school and university here in England after that. Was that an unusual childhood looking back? I think it was a fantastic childhood um, I feel very privileged. Um, in Uganda my father ran a very remote mission hospital um, but I don't remember too much about that because um, I was very young. Um, but then Kenya was amazing, and um, I feel I had a, a great childhood. Um, so I look back on um, with no regrets at all. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, and you, you returned actually to Zimbabwe um, after uh, being in Norwich and London for your education. So what, what was the kind of com- compelling uh, force that brought you back to there? <laughs> um, to Zimbabwe specifically, there was no force. Um, I... I had finished university and couldn't work out what I wanted to do next. And um, I had an offer of um, further study at the university. And I decided just to take six months off to see what I wanted to do. So through various meetings and connections with people, I ended up with a link in Zimbabwe. And so went out there for six months to work for a church in Bulawayo and um, came back to England 18 years later. I'm fascinated by those who have the entrepreneurial spirit to see a need and do something. Um, I'm just wondering, can you can you think back to the process, the triggers, the prayers surrounding the move to set up English Plus? When um, we came back to England in 2010, um, that was my husband, two children and myself. Um, I was quite concerned about moving to Norwich and other people said that I would find it very difficult because it was very monocultural and we lived so cross-culturally for so long. But I was very pleased to find that it had changed since I um, was at school here. Um, And I decided I'd take the first six months to year to settle the family because my husband was still traveling for work and we couldn't both be traveling to Africa with a young family. So I um, spent a few months just settling in and then I did an online um, TEFL course. Oh, yeah. um, Not knowing where it was going to go. I thought, well, this is something I'm interested in and it could always be useful and it fills the time. So I did that. And while I was doing that, um, a friend, a Dutch friend who I'd met in Africa, um, was talking about them moving back to Holland and saying how the hardest thing for people about integration there was learning the language. 
And I thought, well, that's that's interesting, and that's something I'm quite interested in. Having done some teaching um, in different contexts while I was abroad, um, and so I just got to know some people um, from actually the Congo while I was in Norwich um, that first year, and talked to them and found how isolated they were, and also um, how they struggled with the English system. And I found that England was the most complicated country I'd lived in. Right. Um, and we'd moved a lot. Um, and yet I looked like I was English. I spoke the language and I had people who helped me. So I thought, well, for other people who don't have any of the contacts um, and resources, it must be incredibly difficult um, and very difficult to get out and make friends. So that was the um, thought process behind it. I didn't really know where to take it. Um, but the church was very supportive. And through talking to other Christians and praying about it, there was also a charity that said they would um, help, Seedbed Charity, which said they would help with some funding just to give it a go and see how it went. Um, and the church offered the venue for free that I attended. So that's where it all began. Did it feel like a risk at the time or was it? did it sound as relaxed as you just said it? <laughs> Well, I, I never thought in six months we'd still be here. So right. it, okay. it was yes. just, yeah, well, yeah. let's see where this goes. And sure. and after six months, we were still going. I thought, oh, gosh. And we start off with three or four people coming from one lady from Egypt um, and then three ladies from the Congo. Um, and so it started off very small. Um, I was quite keen it came under um, the church, but I think it was – it was all very unknown. So it just, every six months I was like, oh, we're still here and people are still coming to the classes, um, which always surprised me. Um, so I didn't mean to start anything. I just meant to help people learn English. Right, sure, sure. But there must have been something within you that had a leadership kind of bent, if I can use that language. Um, you know, there's a sense in which you, you know, a lot of people would have would have seen the need and wondered about it, but not but done nothing. You you had the the foresight, the willingness to actually do something. I think possibly living in Africa um, means that I grew up more proactive. When you see a need, you just get on and do it. There's right. Many barriers in the way. Um, and I had run a, a small charity over there. Um, so I guess I was used to that. I don't know if I did it very well, but um, I was used to seeing a need and filling a hole, I think. Um, and I um, felt for the people who I met, I felt how incredibly isolated they were and how difficult it was. And um, I talked to a few other people working in the sector with refugees and asylum seekers in Norwich, and they were saying how isolated people were and how English was such a need. Um, and so it was through talking to a few people that um, I felt, yeah, well, I can do something because I can't do anything else. And with a um, I didn't have a job, so I could easily just um, help people with their English. That was something I could do. So that's where it started from. Right. And, and I mean, it is, it's clearly a charity. Do, do people pay to come on it? No, they don't pay. Um, um, we've had lots of dilemmas about that. Um, we don't charge anything except for, for our summer programme. We charge um, £2 for a, a day's outing on a, um, with um, a bus trip simply to secure the places but we've insisted all the way along that we want it to be free so nobody has to pay sure. to come on which, which is lovely i mean and it's uh, you know that's part of the 
part of the unconditional love that you're showing folk, which is which is super. So I just just wondered how it all kind of worked out. Yeah. Do, do they do they are they surprised when it's when it's offered free? Yeah, always people when they ring me, if they do ring me, they ask um, and how much the classes cost. And we always um, say, no, 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 they're free. Um, we don't want to put people who can't afford it in the awkward position of feeling they have to pay. Um, and also, I think um, it's it's good to be able to give people something for free because I think people's lives are pretty tough often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's not much spare cash around. The kind of nationalities of, of folk in, in Norwich at the moment? Um, from all over. We have probably quite a lot of Iranians, Iraqis, a few Sri Lankans, lots of different countries from Africa. Um, so the Congo, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Sudan, um, and then other Portuguese-speaking countries as well. Um, Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan, Azerbaijan, uh, China... And then we also have coming quite a few um, people who are from Europe. So Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, Spain, Portugal. We've had French. Um, so we have a variety, and this is another dilemma that we've had, is do we just have exclusively refugees and asylum seekers? But the feeling is that people have to mix across all sectors of society in day-to-day -day life. So if people are learning with all sectors of society, then that's a good place to be in. So we take anyone who wants to come, um, almost anyone who wants to come. Sure, sure. But, I mean, some of the countries you mentioned, you know, manifestly probably wouldn't be teaching English naturally within a, their education system, but some of them would, I guess. Um, but you're, you know, so the French would come just as much as, you know, someone from... Uh, a country where English is not taught? So we have quite a few students, um, I think particularly some women, who've never had any education at all in any language. Right, right. Um, and so compare that to somebody, as you say, from France or Spain, who mm. will move through things mm. very quickly. And then some, we've had one 80-year-old and above actually come. So we have quite a few older people coming. We have lots of different groups running at each session. So we have, on average, 40 students at a session. And we have about 30, 25 to 30 volunteers helping each week. And we have lots of um, small groups going at one time. So people can move through the groups at different paces. And also for some group groups, we... Um, people stick with their teacher the whole time and they move at a much slower pace than other places right, right. groups. And then we'll have people who come and they're doing exam preparation for ESOL exams at City College and so we'll get a teacher to work with them specifically on something like writing mm. or um, interviews or telephones or something like that. So we have quite a lot of flexibility to help people, we hope, with their needs rather than just running a generic English course. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I can just even going back to learning French, I, I was, my English teaching was not, I didn't know the grammar. So that when I learned the French, I had to learn the English grammar to understand what the French, you know, what different phrases were and their tenses and all that sort of stuff. So you're literally working with folk who, uh, who know, don't know the grammatical background to their own language, let alone another one. And that must be a massive challenge educationally. Yeah, it is. And also when you've got different scripts like Arabic or yeah. Farsi or 
yeah. and Hamrick, um, it, it is very different as well. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it is a huge challenge. Um, interestingly, some people know their grammar much better than English people do. So, <laughs> so the Chinese are much better at knowing grammar. All right. And working that way, and also they know the phonetic alphabet as well, which most English people don't have a clue about. Sure, sure. I do have to say, I'm not the best teacher. <laughs> um, I don't think doing an online course is the best, and right. I think one thing that I've managed to do is set up the classes. But we've got the most amazing group of volunteers who are far better teachers than me and far more highly qualified coming in and teaching and so that's been fantastic actually pulling lots of other people in mm. had the skills but didn't know what to do with it and some the time and the desire to do something and they've been fantastic um so i'm not the best teacher by any means oh. um, i'm sure you're being very 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 modest but uh, there we go anyway you're listening to the leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by rosie sexton and we'll be back just after this Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Rosie Sexton. Uh, Rosie was telling us before the break of how she's uh, set up a, a, an English a ministry to help teach English. It's called English Plus. It's in the city of Norwich. It's connected particularly with Holy Trinity Norwich, but also other churches across the city. Uh, 30 different nationalities are meeting, learning English, and it's part of a ministry to equip and help, particularly refugees, people who are in our country, uh, unable to, to speak and therefore unable to access so much of, uh, of what uh, we're able to provide them and obviously interacting with, uh, with locals. So, um, Ro Rosie, obviously you serve folk unconditionally. Um, uh, to what extent is, do you see this as a kind of, uh, we want to reach them with a gospel kind of ministry? And I'm not saying it should be or shouldn't be, but how, how, are you, how do you view things in terms of the, the overall aim? mission from the beginning was to show the love of God in action right so we have anyone from any nationality and any faith and we have multi-faiths coming mm. each week probably we have actually more Muslim believers than we do any other right right um, religion coming and that's always been our purpose is to try and be a witness to people um, but we don't we talk about festivals and we use um, those to talk about English culture and the opportunity for people to come and ask us more. And if people bring up Christianity, then we um, are very keen to take that further. Hmm. Um, but people from other countries and other faiths are often much more open about their faith as well. Right. So for our family, we had a big um, issue going on that was quite a difficult one, and lots of people from all sorts of faiths came up and told me how they were praying for our family and so it's very easy to start conversations and so we do we talk to people quite a lot about faith um, but we do work also across many sectors in Norwich and we have people coming to our classes from all sorts of secular organizations the NHS um, organization working with asylum health um, sends people to us and City College and adult education and all sorts so we do we are not evangelizing people when they come sure. and if people want to start a conversation then we're very happy to mm -hmm. take it further having said that running in churches a lot of people are already exploring or Christian and there has been a, a really nice um, group that we've got to know who 
come along to church actually and we've started um, meetings in the church with lots of different people and talking about faith and exploring Christianity mm. and that's been really exciting yeah yeah and sure so that's come out of it which is great and then many um, such as from the Congo are already Christian so it's a great opportunity to be able to encourage people and talk about faith and what it means in this country to be a Christian yeah yeah no that's fabulous and uh, it's I mean I think it's it's dangerous to, to necessarily look for particular fruit because then it all becomes a bit pressured and on the, other, on the other hand if you're you know if you're able to point to the way God's at work that's that's encouraging for everyone who's part of the team isn't it to see to, to see people feeling loved but also seeing some exploring and, and, and having answers to, to their issues yeah it is it is it's been amazing um, and I'm amazed at how um, I feel that God has kept the work going mm, uh, mm his faithfulness in that yeah so as you look back uh, rosie on the kind of progress of the english plus schools what have been the the challenges you've had to manage as a leader of of this project i think initially i wanted to start under a church i didn't want to be independent and that for me was something that um, i didn't want to do um, and was quite a challenge mm. um and i was disappointed to have to do it um but um, volunteers came forward to help and help with things like getting English Plus registered as a charity. And now I see the strength of it because we're able to work cross church mm. and cross the city as well in a way that we probably wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So that's been really good. Um, the churches have been really positive. So um, it's been a, um, really good to get to know lots of people um, from different churches across the city. Mm. Um, it was very small to start with and for a long time and I kept thinking are we going to be here and are we going to be here next week and then next year and we're still here so that's really encouraging but it's always I've never been sure whether we're going to be here yeah the, the demand from people just in terms of the needs that arise has always outstripped um, capacity so we always feel like we're running um, and don't really have the time that we'd like to have and it's been a continual challenge to always focus on what our core objectives are and why we're doing what we're doing rather than just saying yes 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 to everything that people ask us to do so we've got time to spend with the people who come to the sessions who are the who are lonely and do want friendship and community um, and that's been a challenge that's ongoing. And I think one of the blessings there is that um, often programs are funded by donors, and some of our funding is donor is donor funded. And that always means we've got to be running programs. But also with church support and some other trusts and individuals, it means that we can actually not always have programs, 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 but actually have time to give to people in need. Um, and so that's been a challenge, um, but also there's some there's some good things as well in that. And then um, another thing with growing demand um, and more and more people coming to the sessions, um, I have a fantastic team of people who have I would say turned up, but obviously it's not just turned up. They've um, uh, there's a fantastic group who God's put in place and really enjoy the team I work with um, and everyone brings different strengths to it um, and it's a small team we're all part-time 
but it works really well and that's fantastic so is the is the is the model that it's when you say part-time everyone's volunteering or is are any paid at all is the charity raising money to to fund the payment of people who are doing the classes yeah so when we started i was um doing one day a week um and i was doing it in free time but actually we needed me to be working so i needed to try and get some funds so i could carry on sure so i did lots of odd jobs of things that i didn't enjoy doing but it meant that i could do the Mm. english class work as well and so yes i've not been if i wasn't paid i would have to look for another job so i have had to do some fundraising for me and then um we've got some other people who and i now do four days and there's some other people who do three days a week and um they also do get funded so we have uh, four of us who are part-time varying numbers of hours and then about 25 volunteers as well so yes i do have to fundraise um so we can keep going fabulous but it sounds it sounds like there's a there's some momentum there's some interest there's a sense of this is a good thing and hopefully the the, the christians in in norwich and, and others perhaps who are not christians would uh, are keen to fund this because they see it see it as worthwhile yeah we we have been very fortunate with funding um it is quite a lot of work to keep doing that um, and getting the funding but yes we have been really it's been amazing the way it's kept going um, and one of the things that I'm very keen on and I'm um, we're trying to promote within English Plus is networking Norwich networks quite well um, for people in this field but that's one thing that I think English Plus is really see, um, is seeking to build on and to keep going with is actually people in Norwich networking in this field well and that's not only churches, that's also the secular organisations doing this. Right. Well, Rosie, sadly, time's, time's pretty well defeated us. But I, I would want to point uh, listeners to a, a YouTube clip that explains what you do. Um, so presumably they can uh, just log on to YouTube and uh, type in English Plus, is it, or Holy Trinity? No, it's... It's neither. It's actually done by the Diocese of Norwich, and it's called Who Is Your Neighbour? And it's mostly about the work of English Plus, but there are some other works also mentioned in Norwich that are going on with refugees. But, yeah, they did an amazing video, actually. Brilliant. Thank you. So that's Who Is Your Neighbour? So if you're interested uh, in what Rosie's been doing and you think, hey, this this might be something that would work in your neighbourhood, then, um, you know, literally go onto the YouTube and type in Who Is Your Neighbour? The... um, diocese of norwich and uh you you'll see a little five minute clip which um which i watched which is terrific uh gives you a, a bit of a an idea of this so thank you thank you rosie so hey thank you so much for um for sharing your story and this will be inspirational to many i'm sure who perhaps see needs around the place but do nothing about them but actually you know you've 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 taken the need and actually done something and uh, let's trust that this uh, leads to to many uh, who are listening to this uh, doing that kind of thing in the uh, needs that they see around them uh, that god's uh, got his hand on well thank you very much for having me on bless you thank you so you've been listening to leadership file with rosie sexton uh, do go to Premier's website, listen to archive versions of The Leadership File, go to the Premier uh, store and you can get a copy of my book, The Leadership Road Less Travelled. And do join us again next Sunday at 3.30 for another Leadership File. Thanks for tuning in. 
You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.